0: Welcome everyone to the 29th episode of the Empowerment Minutes podcast. This is Maureen Quende, CEO and founder of EMK Learning Solutions LLC. You know I'm your podcast host, learning leader, researcher, speaker, leadership coach, and consultant. So how are you all doing? I'd love to connect with you to chat about my areas of expertise, you know, my services or any topic of interest and how I can help. I'm always passionate about adding value and and being eager to help. So don't be shy, reach out if you have any questions or you just wanna chat about something or maybe be a guest on the show, right? You're you're always welcome. So let's begin the podcast with our tradition. You know what this is. I mean, it's a gratitude post. So I always begin the podcast with gratitude. So I wanna thank you all our listeners joining from all over the world. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Gracias, merci beaucoup, danke. Those are the languages I can speak, and I'm working on my um, acquiring more languages. But for now, these are the three I can try. But I'm I'm so grateful for you, uh, you guys listening in every week and uh, and now. So let me introduce our special guest, Dr. Gideon Formakai. I want to just just thank you so much, Gideon. Hi, thank you so much for accepting our invitation to be a guest on the show. I am so grateful to have you here. And and so Gideon, do you want to tell us about yourself, your company? I'm sure the listeners can't wait to get to know you as well.
1: Thank you for allowing me to come here. And uh, I just want to say thank you in a couple of languages too, if I may add to that. I will say Siabonga. I learned that in South Africa. Kialeboha. Uh, CSNE, this one I got from Asia, Terimakase, still from Asia,
0: Nice. Uh,
1: and my dialect, Miyaka. And yes, I am the founder of Swan Academy, which means Story Warrior Associates Network, which is a company based in Oregon, and uh, we help people to tell fascinating stories to their audiences around the world. That's a little bit about me, storywarrior.us.
0: Wow, that's great. And I need to you know, um, t- get some lessons from you how to speak those other languages. So uh, I'll be in touch <laughs> with you later on. That's exciting. Thank, thank you. you. Thank you so much. And uh, I have shared in the very first episode of you know, the Empowerment Minute podcast, you can check that out if you'd like. But I shared about my journey in learning and development. And, and so how... I found myself, you know, in this field. So I'm curious about your journey as well. You know, I know you've done training in the past. How did it happen? How did you find yourself in the field of training and development?
1: For me, I would say it's to a large extent by sheer luck or coincidence. Uh, yeah, for the- me
0: it was it happened accidentally. So I want to hear your your story. Like sheer luck, okay? Go ahead. Yes.
1: <laughs> First I had a little a little interest, but my interest alone wasn't sufficient to Mm -hmm. get me into the field. But back in 2002, 2003, I was working in Asia, precisely in Singapore, Mm -hmm. I was a fire captain, training firefighters, police officers, Navy officers, prisons officers. And when you spend two years on the ground means you are Mm -hmm. in active duty, active uh, service, they usually push you out to what they call a staff position. Mm -hmm. And they were exploring which area of staff work I was going to do. So Mm -hmm. my HR manager asked me, where would you like to go? And I think they were trying to pick my interest. I said, I love love, uh, learning, I love training, I love teaching. So I wouldn't hesitate to go back to the academy where I was trained. So within three years of graduating and going onto the job, was posted back to the academy where I was trained for nine months and commissioned to become a senior instructor. So I had to go through a method of instruction class. That mm-hmm. I can say was the genesis of me uh, going into the world of uh, training and development because then I had to learn it, uh, learn theories, learn the concepts that will support adult learning mm-hmm. in an environment whereby you have mostly uh, uniform officers. But I think the, the concepts are basically the same. That was the inception Absolutely. in 2003.
0: Wow, that's fascinating. I mean, and being in that area as well, um, in the fire department, you know, I, I just have a lot of respect for, um, for the fire department and all first responders for the work that they do all around the world. So thank you for sharing sharing that with us. Yeah, that's great. So when I think of our field of training and development, you know, most people like myself, and now you um, get into the field accidentally or by luck, as you shared, and of course, you know, they end up staying in the field and, and, and I understand why, because it can relate to so many other areas, you know, mm-hmm. and, and in your case, now you're known as this, the storytelling warrior. You're the CEO mm-hmm. and founder of Swan Academy. So yes. I'm eager to know um, as well as I'm sure our listeners are dying to know your storytelling background. What's the story Do you want to share with us as well?
1: Oh, the story is, <clears throat> I didn't exactly know the power of story, but I was messing around with it.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I was fooling around with it. So imagine you're teaching a class to firefighters, police officers, who are pretty much like, they're physically very tough, they're mm-hmm. very good looking, most of them, and they they, they they pretend like they've seen all kinds of difficult things <laughs> in the world. Yeah. <laughs> And so you can impress them. And you stand in front of them, you're trying to teach. Usually, sometimes they tune you out, especially in a hot tropical country like Singapore. They tune you Mm -hmm. out, they start thinking about other things. And some of them would even fall asleep. You could see them uh, trying to not off, and it's forbidden for them to do that, but they still do it. Mm -hmm. And when you notice it, you really feel, as an instructor, you feel like, oh my goodness, that means my message is not getting across. Yeah. So I discovered by sheer luck again that by infusing, when I mentioned that, hey, guys, let me share with you what happened on the fire ground. Let me share with you an experience from the fire ground or mm-hmm. personal experience going up in Africa. I would notice that even those who are trying to fall asleep, they wipe their eyes uh, a little bit, and they lean forward, and they, they really struggle to listen. Mm-hmm. So I'm kind of like, wait a minute, this is something very unusual. Whenever I mentioned that, did I share the story about, did I mention this with you guys? Everybody wiped their face, their faces and listen. So I discovered, man, this looks like a gateway drug. I can yeah. get into their mind by giving them, injecting just a little bit of this into their minds. And so with time, I started to increase my uh, quality and quantity of narratives or stories that I would use during mm-hmm. class. When I'm teaching things like hazardous materials, mm-hmm. I'm teaching things like crisis management, incident command, very technical and dry subjects, yeah. they light up and listen. So that's when I realized this is bigger than me. I started to study it. So I will remember, I think my first book I read was November 2003. I mm-hmm. read the first book on leadership and how leaders tell effective stories. And since then, that journey or that quest to become a better teller, Mm-hmm. Just continued to, to take in its uh, take take its foothold and it grew bigger and bigger and bigger to the point whereby from 2013 I decided to, you know, refocus my life around that particular organizing uh, uh, profit center. Mm-hmm.
0: I mean. mm-hmm. That's great. I mean, like, you know, um, I would say that we leverage storytelling in, in many areas, you know, it's not only in the fire department. I personally use stories when I'm having any public or professional speaking opportunities, engagement, even when I'm designing e-learning, instructional design. I mean, there's just so many ways that you can use storytelling. And even with my kids, you know, sometimes I get them to do things because I have to share a story. And then from that story, Absolutely. I am able to convey the message or get to the point that I was going to get to them, and that yeah. that way they remember the story and then they remember the key point as well. So, as, as the wonderful storytelling expert that you are, how can storytelling be leveraged in the workplace? You know, in general, or, or even in training and development or any other areas. How do you think we can leverage story storytelling?
1: Okay, let's look at it from. Perspective. So, in the workplace, you can leverage it to engage your team members, to engage your staff, uh, and to empower them. Mm-hmm. But beyond engaging and empowering them, you can also use your stories to persuade them and inspire them to do different things. Mm-hmm. I give you just one example. There's a famous guy by name David Armstrong. He managed mm-hmm. a large manufacturing plant, and he He came up with an idea, a concept that I really like. He called it managing by storing around. So he'll Hmm. walk around the plant. And if you meet somebody doing something right, he says, He'll catch you. If I catch you doing something right, I'll broadcast it to the whole world. How would he broadcast it? He'll send a memo to everybody. So by doing that, in my view, he's creating goodwill. Mm -hmm. He's creating a huge basket of goodwill by. Sharing the experience of someone who is doing exceptional work, Mm -hmm. which we know, of course, would inspire other people to do exceptional work. And if he finds that you're doing something which is not right, he would have a personal conversation with you and it ends there. But Mm -hmm. if it's something that is good, then he would make sure that you broadcast it by a memo, by an email, by uh, recognizing you in the newsletter or something of that nature. Mm -hmm. And I think that internally, it creates a huge reservoir of goodwill. By just simply sharing uh, experiences of those who are going the extra mile for the customers or for mm-hmm.
0: the stakeholders. Uh,
1: with respect to training, I think that we can use uh, strategic narratives. We can use narratives that uh, um, that that that, that, uh, that transcend just one segment of the training, mm-hmm. from the introduction yeah. to the body to the closing. I use that regularly every week when I'm designing or. Uh, interpreting material that I'll present, I'll ask mm-hmm. myself, can I find a story, a connecting story or a connecting metaphor, which mm-hmm. I can craft a metaphor, I mean, a narrative around, and use it at the start, in the middle, and in it towards the end, so that mm-hmm. all of it feels like it's tied together. Yeah. So <clears throat> I use that quite uh, often. And I think that amongst the things that participants usually say, Some of them would indicate that they like the fact that I use some stories or use some examples that illuminated the concepts that we're talking about.
0: That's fantastic. I mean, it's just that's great points there. Um, It's just it's just something that feels so natural, yet so impactful, you know, uh, um, and and I really I commend you for that. I know, you know, many people would say, okay, storytelling um, for you, you're the expert who walks the talk. But for someone who has no idea about storytelling, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, is this some is this a skill that they can learn? What are some storytelling tips that you can share with someone who's still you know trying to get their feet wet about storytelling?
1: Okay. It absolutely can be learned. Okay. Absolutely, I think it can be learned. Like every other skill, it can be learned. Now, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've just been lucky that I started learning it informally growing up in Africa.
0: Mm-hmm. Now,
1: at that point, I think I was absorbing it, not necessarily learning it, but I grew up in a culture of folklore, very, mm-hmm. very rich in folklore. I, I've even argued that the reason I didn't end up doing drugs or doing smoking marijuana or any of that was because my mom was a very artful storyteller. Mm-hmm. How did she do that? She told very uh she told very informative stories about other kids other young boys in my village who mm-hmm. messed around with drugs and the drugs messed up with their minds mm-hmm. so I, I knew that okay i certainly did not want to mess up with my mind i wanted to use my <laughs> mind before, no before, whatever reason so I, I i made a lot of mistakes don't get me wrong but certainly i don't want to mess up with my brain so mom was very good at telling those kind of stories that allowed me to know this is where You can't cross this line. Now, Mm -hmm. that's from a a culture of folklore in Africa where I I was absorbing it, but not learning it. When I started to learn it dedicatedly, it was in Asia. And Mm -hmm. I think that it can be learned because I've learned with many people that are coaches and trainers and educators in Asia, in Europe and in America. And what I've come to realize is that even young people in high school that I've taught them Mm -hmm. within a day or two, they can create and craft fascinating stories that keep you on the edge of your seat. So it can be learned. Mm -hmm. Are there some tips? Yeah, I have a method that I call uh, five Gs of a fascinating story, which some of which I've captured in a a book uh, that I wrote in 2015 and it became a a bestseller. And the book is Science of Story Selling. Oh, Uh, nice. It became a bestseller on Amazon. I'll, I'll probably give one piece of it, one chapter, one one little piece to you to share with your your listeners. But in that book, I talk about the five G's of a fascinating story. Mm -hmm. And for a story to be fascinating, we need to start from a place where there is a good guy or a good girl in pursuit of something. For example, a young kid wants to go fetch water for their parents. Or a young kid wants, in the case of one of my students in Nevada, wants to design the world's best ringtone. Mm-hmm. In the days when ringtones, cell phone ringtones were a big, big deal, that, that was one of the, the goals that one of my ex- students expressed to me. So that's a good guy in pursuit of a good goal. Wants to design mm-hmm. a, a fascinating ringtone. Why? the why? So then you add some complications to it. And I call that this first G is good guy with a goal. Second G is a Goliath. Mm-hmm. What is a Goliath? Goliath is a An huge obstacle, obstacle yeah. that obscures the good guy from getting the goal or from getting the girl. That becomes very fascinating because people now people now sit back and say, okay, what is this good guy gonna do to be able to get to that goal or to be able to get to that girl? Mm-hmm. And then the next thing is the Goliath, that means this uh, phenomenal. Uh, Obstacle is going to come up against the good little guy and underdog. So, how is this good guy going to fight with a Goliath? Mm -hmm. Is he going to fight with a machete? Is he going to fight with a spear, with a gun? What is he going to do? So, that the third G is a grueling fight. Mm -hmm. The more gruesome, not necessarily in terms of blood, sweat, and tears, the more challenging the fight is, Mm -hmm. the more interesting the story will be. If the stakes are not high, If there's nothing that's happening between a Goliath and a good guy, the story is flat. And the the excitement factor, the expectation is very low. So the grueling fight. And then after that, you have what they call a guru. Mm -hmm. What's the role of the guru? The guru is someone, could be a child, could be an adult, could be somebody with a little bit more experience that Mm -hmm. helps this underdog, this little good guy to figure out a way to take down Goliath. Mm -hmm. to undermine circumstances. And then beyond that, the good guy escapes or reaches his goal, succeeds in designing or developing that finest ringtone Mm -hmm. or getting that beautiful girl or climbing up Mount Everest, Mount Mm Cameroon, Mount Kilimanjaro, and comes back with a special understanding of the world called an elixir. Mm-hmm. comes back with a fine understanding with a fine with a special vine that helps other little guys to be able to come across that mountain without feeling subdued by goliath
0: mm-hmm. and that
1: final g is called a gift that gift is a knowledge it's a learning that a person acquires from mm-hmm. making that journey through the belly of the beast or through uh the mountain or through the goliath so to speak uh, and mm-hmm. then That's where the story really ends because it gets resolved. Now we know the good guy succeeded to get this good girl or succeeded Mm -hmm. to get his objective of harvesting that vine to Mm -hmm. share with the village or of getting that
0: ringtone to
1: serve as many people as possible. So those are the five Gs in summary.
0: That's great. So which means that regardless of how you look at it, you know, your story can really be compelling. if it's not flat, a flat story, no one's going to pay any attention to it. And I think even in the, in, in onboarding or in, in different areas of training or in HR, there are many ways that we can bring in stories that, you know, they're so compelling that people would really buy into it yes. to get to whatsoever the, the learning goal is. Yes, and so I really see how um, this can benefit our field or it can benefit any other field. Because no one wants to hear a story that doesn't have an impact, right? <laughs> what's, I mean, if you hear a story say, like, okay, so what's the point of the story you just said? That's exactly. a sign that exactly. the story was probably not well-crafted and, and that's, yeah, exactly. not, that's not what we want. So yes, you're right. I mean, it's something that we can learn. You just need to put your mind to it. And like any other skill, we can learn. And, yes. um, and then you can use it, repurpose it for so many things beyond learning, leadership, you yeah. know, in whatsoever area that you call called to serve. So this is wonderful. So now um, I know we're running close to uh, the end of the podcast, but I would like to ask you, I know you mentioned the book, um, and I would also include that in our show notes in case somebody wants to buy it or wants to check it out. But I also want to ask you, like, if someone would like to connect with you, who knows? Maybe someone would like you to hold your hand or coach them in, in storytelling. How can they find you?
1: Oh, that's kind of you. Uh, if that if that's the case, um my info can be found at triple story warrior, one word. Mm-hmm. Storywarrior.us. And okay. warrior, of course, is W-A-R-R-I-O-R, storywarrior.us. Otherwise, mm-hmm. uh, I'm also Gideon Fomukwai. You can find me on LinkedIn, fairly active on LinkedIn. I'm not as active as should be on Twitter. <laughs> uh, I was active on on uh, Instagram and I'm not I'm pretty much a, a beginner which um, uh, Clubhouse so yeah LinkedIn oh, yeah. or the website will be the ideal
0: okay. and from
1: there who knows we can branch it out into many many other areas of collaboration but yeah, that's right. a pleasure I, I offer to give a little share with you and your listeners a little white paper uh, that uh, some people can download and they can use it to improve their their, their storytelling. And that's wonderful. That's my pleasure.
0: I would yeah put that in the show notes and uh, thank you so much for that generous gift. Sure, my so pleasure. So we have come to the end of this podcast. We always wrap up the podcast with a signature question. So depending on who the guest is, if you know if it's a learning leader, I would ask what empowerment means to them. You know, but in this situation, I'd like to ask you what does empowerment mean to you as a storytelling expert and a trainer?
1: I would say empowerment simply means uh, the special vine that people consume, either emotionally or intellectually, mm-hmm. that gets into their metabolism
0: mm-hmm. and
1: encourages them. To do more that Mm -hmm. means they don't take anything for granted they don't want anything to come to them but Mm -hmm. they feel the urgency they feel the need to step Mm -hmm. out there and slay the dragons step out there and conquer step out there and serve someone and i come from a place of service so it's about if i feel empowered it's about okay i've taken that sip that 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 sip could be that listen to that story and then i want to go out there Feel that I've been empowered to go and change the world in some small way because you never know whom your story will touch, encourage, or inspire. So, everyone's story
0: is important, there to tell yours. This is powerful. That's right. Thank you so much for wrapping us up. That's it, guys. We're done. Thank you so much, Gideon. I just want to wish you the best in your professional journey and your personal journey as well. I mean, this has been great, and I know our listeners have been blessed as well. Um, you're such a natural speaker i could talk to you all day but gotta go we gotta <laughs> go we you. gotta thank go you. so thank see you all morning. for for tuning thank in uh, and i would like to thank you once again <laughs> for being on the podcast and i would like Another. to stay i'll see you in the next one au revoir adios bye-bye